Hi, everybody. Jimmy Young here. I'm so glad that you could take a few moments to join us as we take a look at the book. The subject today, Satan, Demons, and the End Times. That's the title, by the way, of a five-hour audio series on CD that I have published so that you can better understand the satanic activities in the end times. This is a must study. You know, at the time of the first coming of Jesus Christ, there was much demonic satanic activity that took place. And at the second coming of Christ, that will be the case as well. Leading up to the rapture of the church, we'll see much satanic activity, demons, and they will all be associated with the end time scenario that can be found in Bible prophecy. You need to join us in our study, Satan's Demonic Deception. This is the fourth of the five-part series on Satan, demons, and the end times. Let's study together, and then I'll tell you how you can get your own copy. Right now, Satan's Demonic Deception. First time we got together, we talked about the divine design of Satan, and we saw that he was a created being. He had access to God himself in the Holy of Holies in the Garden of Eden. He was the most beautiful of all creatures ever created by the Lord, created on the first day of creation, after God had created the heavens and before he created the earth. He created Lucifer and all the angels, how many ever they may have been. He brought them into existence for a purpose, to serve him. And then in our next session, we looked at the dramatic dethroning of this most beautiful, most prominent angel in all of creation, thrown out of the Garden of Eden, thrown out of the presence of God in the third heaven, thrown to the first heaven, and uh, those activities that he would be involved in from that particular headquarters, the first heaven just right above us here, which is the heaven that we saw during the daytime, the sun and the clouds. And then yesterday we talked about his dynamic dominion, and that dynamic dominion being in the heavenlies. As I brought to your attention, I believe in UFOs, unidentified flying objects. I believe in aliens in outer space. No humans out there, but all demonic creatures. The Bible tells us, and we looked at it in chapter 9 of the book of Revelation, the fifth trumpet judgment. The truth is that those demons that had been placed in the abyss, the Tatoris, the bottomless pit waiting for judgment in the great and mighty awful day of the Lord, those had had opportunity uh, to take advantage of fornication and committing a sexual relationship with women, human women on this earth, the reason for the flood and the destruction of all of humankind except for eight souls. Noah, Shem, Ham, Jepheth, and their four wives. And we looked at that. Their dominion in the heavenlies, on the earth, and in us as individuals. Either not, excuse me, if we're born again, not in us, but oppressing us, but confrontation with us at all time. And then we want to think now about the demonic deception of Satan and his capability of sending that demonic deception into three different areas. The area of the political arena, the prophetic arena, using the word prophetic of not foretelling the future, but forthtelling what the Word of God says. In other words, prophetic could refer to the preacher or the preaching. And we'll look how Satan has a foothold in that arena.
And then personally, how does he deal with us? The book of Matthew, chapter 24 and verse 24, Jesus says this, it's the Olivet Discourse. He said, be alert because in the last days there will be false teachers, those claiming to be Christ, and they will perform miracles. They will do signs, wonders, and miracles. So much so will they be capable of basically deceiving us that even those who are true believers may be deceived. And thus this demonic deception is going to run rampant and intensify as we draw closer to the return of Jesus Christ. Not the rapture, I'm talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let's let that speaker right there be the next main event in God's calendar of activities. That would be the rapture. Then there's a seven-year period of time leading up to the next main event represented by this pulpit. That would be the second coming of Jesus Christ, a thousand-year millennial king into, into a kingdom until we come to the other speaker stand over there, which would be the great white throne judgment. And so Jesus Christ in the Olivet Discourse is not saying what's going to happen before the rapture of the church. He's not giving signs or information about the rapture in Matthew 24. The Olivet Discourse, he's talking about his second coming back to the earth. And he says that these signs, wonders, and miracles, these signs of deception, demonic deception, will intensify as we draw closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I talked about that this would happen politically. Go with me to Genesis, if you will. We'll go back and forth just for a moment between Genesis and Revelation. Genesis chapter 9. Genesis 9, 10 and 11, actually, would be the three chapters that cover the events of Noah after the flood. After the flood, Noah was 600 years old when the flood came. He lived for 350 years, a total of 950 years. Genesis 6, 7, and 8 would be Noah and the flood, recording the activities during that time of the flood. And of course, 4, 5, and 6 of Genesis would be Noah before the flood, that 600-year period of time. But Noah after the flood, after the flood had taken place, God appears to Noah, chapter 9 and verse 1, and he blessed him and he said, and he told him and his sons uh, to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish or repeople the earth. In chapter 9 and verse 6 then, he establishes the second institution which he is going to establish in all of history. The first institution that he would establish would be marriage. That's the second chapter of the book of Genesis. Son, leave your mother and father. Find one daughter who is willing to leave her mother and father and cleave together. What I have Put, join together, let no man put asunder. And so it was that he brought into place on this earth the institution of marriage. Over in Acts chapter 2, he will establish a third institution that will be used by God to accomplish his will on the earth, and that is the local church. He establishes the local church for the purpose of winning people to Jesus Christ, training them in the doctrine that he wants them to understand, and teaching them how to practically live out that life as they conform to his image, awaiting his coming to take them to be with him. In the midst of those two, between the institution of marriage and the institution of a local church, he establishes human government, and he does that right here in chapter 9 and verse 6. In his conversation with Noah after the flood, 
Here's what he says. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. Now he is establishing human government because the epitome of human government is the taking of a life of an individual who has committed murder. We may refer to it today as capital punishment. And within that, that is the highest responsibility of human government, taking the life of an individual who murders someone else. And murders, not kills, we're not talking about war. And we know that by looking at the Psalms where David prayed to God, God, teach teach my hands to fight and my fingers to kill when I have to go forth in battle. So we're not talking about war. There is a directive that we can be involved in a war in God's word under certain conditions. But I'm talking about murder, murder going in and killing another individual not involved in some type of a war. You see, when you kill an individual, that is blasphemy against God because God made that individual in his own image and you destroy that which is made in his image, that is blasphemy. Thus the epitome, the epitome of human government, the ultimate is to take the life of another who has committed murder. Confound within all of that is human government. And, of course, when you put together a bunch of politicos, they have developed the rest of what we understand human government to be today. Our own Constitution calls for two things that human government would do. We far surpass that. Two things. The only thing that human government in America is for according to the Constitution, is to protect us externally from an attacking enemy and to police us internally so we don't kill ourselves. The only purpose, according to the Constitution of the United States, for human government. Everything else has been interpreted into the Constitution by politicians. But he establishes the institution of human government. And he does that so that he might be able to lead humankind on the earth. God will use human government. God will use human leaders. As we study God's word, we become very aware of how Satan and his demons will play a role in the end times. That is the focus of this five-hour audio series, portion of which we just listened to, that you need to have in your library. It will help you to understand the times in which we're living and the part that Satan and his demons will play in these end times. If you'd like to have your copy, you can call our toll-free number 877-674-3298. Now that's a toll-free number from across America, 877-674-3298. Or go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall inside our website, and you can make your order of Satan, Demons, and the End Times, a prophetic audio five-part series on CD that's available for you to purchase. We'd love to have you study along with us because as we continue to study God's Word, we become more and more aware of the fact that we are indeed living in the end time. You know, the next event to take place in the end times is the rapture of the church. There's no prophecy that has to be fulfilled before the rapture of the church. 
That could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's basically nothing else for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...